Hi there and welcome to episode 145 of the ADHD Adults Podcast. I'm James Brown, the man addicted to anything he can insufflate. And as usual, I'm joined by Dr. Alex Connor, the man who's addicted to being able to lacerate. And of course, the woman who's addicted to Matchington Mansions. I basically ran out of rhymes, things that rhymed with those words. Mrs. ADHD. Alex, hi. No, I'm not high, James. I am very drunk, though. Fuck's sake. Hi. I mean, you, you, you're not. I mean, you're not. A, you don't drink anymore. And B, it's like four o'clock in the morning over there, probably in Germany. Anyway. No, I don't. Uh, also, Sam, hi. Hi. I really enjoyed that rhyming. It was lovely. Oh, that's that's good. Um, how are you both? Mrs. ADHD first? I think I'm all right. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. Again, question. that's... Yeah, why would I ask that? And wearily, he says, obviously, what about you, Balloonhead? Firstly, insufflate's an amazing word, James. Love it. Mm. And what's Matchington Mansions? What is that? Is that just words? That's the game I have to play to get myself to sleep at night. Oh, I see. I'm excellent. Thank you, James. I'm high (laughs) on life. Yeah. Mainly because the numbers intern seems to have had a day off texting us this week. Hi, (laughs) Tarkley. I'm sure we'll pay for that double text about the Australasian market or something next week. It's all fine. Who cares? 16%. Don't know what that means. Would you believe that one of them has sent us a letter? No. That's right. It's from a... It's checking. It's from a Robert from Kidderminster, it says it. It said, I listened to your hastily cobbled together substitute episode on ADHD and stress. It was fine as things go. But how come you didn't mention that James has weekly Reiki and cupping, but he uses moon cups? <laughs> good good question. I wish we had. That's how he deals with stress. Spot on. Spot We've on. We've had a real letter. Sam, are you worried? You look upset because he doesn't actually do Reiki. Is that the problem? I just didn't really understand what, what that was. Their, um, their pseudoscience <laughs> stress relief <laughs> approaches to life. And oh yeah, no, stuff. I know what they are. Yeah, James I know what they all are. And yeah, and the episode before was yeah, and the episode before was about stress, and it's a letter from my dead dad, and it's always about the last episode. So he was he was just pointing out that's that's the that's that bit. It's that bit, bit is my dead I dad writes a letter criticizing me about something that happened in the previous week's podcast. That's right. the bit. Why are you using moon cups? Because he's a Dracula. Uh, yeah. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, satisfying. False. Yeah. Dead don't write letters. <laughs> Sorry. He's had a real letter. Out. Can I read it out? It's the best Please. one we've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> I phoned Jules, my brother, to read. Just read this letter out to him when I read it on the script. It's from Will in Amsterdam, and it says, "Hey." Just wanted to quickly say, every time one of you says RSD, my head goes, repetitive strain injury. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Best letter ever. It is amazing. Oh, Properly afford, Will. Thank you, you nutter. Also, I've had a note from the metrics intern about the next city we've got listeners in. Are you ready for this, Sam? It's going to be true. <laughs> it's the fantastic Sheffield, where apparently 0% of our listeners are which, frankly, Tarquin should have written us less than 1%, but he's too busy playing polo with Sam's dad, so we'll let him off. Because you're posh, Sam, that's the new bit. Yeah. Um, it's funny because 
you know, you're not. It's not funny. Here's a fact about yeah. Sheffield. Sheffield is the home to the world's smallest mountain. It's called Dante's Hillock, and it stands at a towering height of three feet. And it's famous for the number of people who failed to reach its summit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Amazing. just a fact. If you Are you expecting something of me? No, but you well, but normally you'll either go, well, that's not true. But I like the oh. Well, I don't know. Sand... I don't know if there's a three four. Sorry, sorry, field. sorry. Do you think? Do you think that there is the world's smallest mountain called Dante's Hill? I don't Hillock? know. Do you think it's <laughs> I don't likely? Know. Do you think it's likely that something? Well, probably that's three not. Foot... I don't know. Okay, it's a fair. I think My though, God. after the, at this point, the answer is no. We're not expecting yeah. anything. Else. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> anyway, you. carrying on as usual, this company named after a number number between two and four, whose SIM card based broadband is fucking shit of a podcast, is a tragedy in three parts. Three which parts. Is a theme. Did I say two? No, it's just the word three in it. Oh yeah, good. Yeah. Which is a theme. Last time around, I think I'm not sure was about ADHD and stress, and today we're focusing on ADHD and addiction. Thanks to those who suggested this topic for obvious reasons, we're not going to name them. Alex, the three Hello. parts include the Rob Schneider of evidence, Alex the psycho, Schneider. education monkey, terrible um, comic actor from the nineties and noughties, talking about the the evidence behind the theme, our personal reflections. Um, I haven't changed that bit on addiction and then finally um some spunk trumpeting with gabby logan so um i don't yeah. know also who rob schneider is i thought it was the man from jaws is that not I don't know. roy scheider roy scheider was in jaws rob schneider was in deuce bigelow male gigolo i haven't, I haven't oh. read it. you can see you can see the difference between the quality in, in those films just from the name really mm. um anyway alex for once as it's a sensitive topic and you know, your own addiction to woodpeckers, crosswords and hunting. I know they're quite distressing for you. I'll, I'll just let you carry on at your pace. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, it's an interesting one, isn't it? Righto, are you ready? Yeah. Given the massive range of things that you could be addicted to yeah. and the fact that there isn't actually a, an agreed definition of addiction, a, a useful definition of addiction might be a long-term relapsing disorder characterized by compulsively seeking and using something despite negative consequences and that could be to you or negative to the people around you oh. addiction is often considered a psychiatric or psychological issue when it involves functional changes to the brain circuits probably um and when those ones are particularly involved in reward and stress and self-control um that's a broken pause. It it's because I didn't realise the next bit was Sam, and then you had your, you you do that thing with your pen. Oh, no, you... I'm doing the thing oh. with the pen. Sorry, I'll put it down. I'll set it down. Sorry, I was going to say that I've always said that I'm really, really lucky because I I've never been addicted to anything. But could me spending obscene amounts of money so that we have to repeatedly remortgage our house be an addiction? It's a really good question, James. That's how you do a really good question. Um, and I think yes, and but it does depend who who you ask. Um, if we if we think about addiction classed as a psychiatric issue, and we turn yet again to the big old boring DSM handbook for brain thingies, James, where interestingly for this podcast, in the latest edition DSM five, still a while ago now, the 
they changed addiction from substance-related disorders to substance-related and addictive disorders that reflects this developing understanding. Um, the DSM-5, that's the new one, specifically lists nine types of substance addictions within this boring list. Clacks on alcohol, caffeine, cannabis, hallucinogens, inhalants, opioids, sedatives, hypnotics, anxiolytics, stimulants and tobacco. Or Tuesday, right. as James calls it. <laughs> that joke is actually tragic, really, because of the element of truth to it. Mm. But the DSM-5 also wisely and in no way timely and in no way keeping up with the real world. You're counting whether that was nine, aren't you, Sam? That's what you It was 11. No, because some of them, hypnotics and anxiolytics, is one can, combined yeah, group. Together, yeah. Oh, example. I see. Sorry. Yeah. But it's, it's a good Having shout, on. though. No, no, you were right. It annoys me, too. <laughs> but no, you don't know why, James. You don't know me. Um, <laughs> so what the DSM-5 did is they included gambling disorder as an addiction. <gasps> but did not include other behaviours such as compulsive buying, excessive sexual behaviour, internet use, stealing, as the research on those behaviours was insufficient at the time to, to put them in. Put your hand down, you Dracula nightmare. Sorry, sorry, I can't help it. Come on, Brian Brains, get your head into gear. So, we can probably separate addictions into, and the uh, boring list of four clacks on, substances listed earlier, DSM-5, and then medically accepted addictive disorders like gambling, but then impulse control issues like stealing, and then other behavioural issues, that's D, such as food, sex and porn, <laughs> or 30 years ago, as I call them, video <laughs> games, exercise, other things. Now, behavioural scientists who look at the way animals and humans behave believe that anything capable of stimulating a person can be addictive, ruling James out, but <laughs> ruling most things in. And so whenever a habit that, that stimulates a person changes into an obligation to do it, that could be considered an addiction. And it may be that there are three stages to that. There's the kind of excess exposure, the intoxicate, the binging first, and then withdrawal, either chemically or just socially or habitually or negative emotions and then preoccupation with it in anticipation of it okay captain science so that's kind of what addiction is but yeah. why do people get addicted to, to stuff why don't we just like samantha ask the questions she knows what she's doing <laughs> so as a biological basis, James, which you wouldn't know about being a professor of biology, <laughs> as a biological basis of, of addiction, it helps to explain why people need more than willpower to break it. So that's why it's quite important. Um, it, when you look into the biological basis of, of habits or addictions, we've got to come back to the old ADHD friend, stroke, evil nemesis, dopamine, other neurotransmitters are available, and its ugly brother-in-law, reward and the feeling of reward normally the brain rewards things that make us feel good right that's what it does and that's brilliant when these are healthy behaviors exercising and eating healthy nice foods bonding with our loved ones or acquaintances james it does this by switching on the reward center of the brain which then motivates us to repeat those behaviors to get the positive feeling i mean you can see what's going to happen here right if you become addicted to something that normal reward brain process starts to work against us activities and or substances can hijack that pleasure reward system because they give us pleasure 
and hooked you into wanting more and more and more. Emotionally, addiction can also send your emotional brain centers into overdrive, making you feel anxious and stressed when you're not able to engage in whatever you're becoming addicted to. At this stage, people often engage with these activities to keep from feeling bad rather than from their pleasurable effects. Oh, sorry. Um, I was thinking something else then. But we, blah, blah, blah. there's lots of addiction in my family. And my family have always said that I was going to name somebody in my family then. <laughs> take that out. Is there such a thing as an addictive personality? Hmm, another good question. Yeah, it's, it's not that hard. Um, Ding. I also used that phrase for myself. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Getting on a bit. Um, but, well, no, even though I use it, it's, it's kind of generally accepted in the field of addiction that addictive personality doesn't exist because that's humans, right? No one personality type is predisposed to addiction. The predisposition, predisposition to addiction does involve lots of factors. So we all do have different pre predispositions, but there isn't one personality type, one addictive personality type. So it could be psychological. It could be a social thing from family, um, biological factors such as genetics. Anything. I'm trying to work out how far we are into this, but you know what I'm going to say. So just, just do it. I'm getting there. Yes, there is strong evidence that ADHD adults have a greater risk of substance use disorders, SUD, and addiction, including many of the substances we've mentioned, and increasing evidence that smartphone and internet addiction and video games are increased in ADHD. There is a remarkable parallel between three of the major deficits in psychological functioning when you're addicted to things and ADHD. You're ready for them. Impulsivity, diminished sensitivity to reward, and impaired control. And that seems to be explained by the massive overlap in you know, bio biology between addiction and ADHD. So dopamine-based pleasure, reward, and so on. And there's a neurodevelopmental problem with all of those in ADHD. And they're acquired problems when you're addicted to something. Really easy to see how a scrambled sense of reward and risk perception and impulsivity in ADHD can start to initiate a classic cycle of exposure and addiction. That's why it is probably a major <laughs> risk factor for addiction. Go on. So sorry to interrupt you. I was going to say, does medication help? Because I think it does help me a bit. Yeah, uh, it's a really interesting one. So big clacks on more research needed to prove this one way or another. But one big study of over 3 million people found that taking ADHD medication had reduced the risk of substance abuse for people with ADHD more so for male patients and female, but true in both. And even after stopping medication, patients who had once been medicated for ADHD were less likely to use drugs than those who had never been medicated. That effect did fade with time, though, if they stopped taking the medication. I, uh, I can't say anything negative about it. That was well delivered. Um and well done and i'm looking forward to the personal reflection so we'll be back in a bit to talk about alex okay <laughs> alex hi hi what's up hello governor welcome back to episode we've decided on 44 of the mm. adhd 
the adults podcast um just a very short week we've been away yeah. james's hair's changed color we're probably in different clothes we've got no clue um where we are talking about personal reflections of addiction james what are your thoughts thank you for that sam um I think got away it, has, it does feel, it does feel like a long break more than a cup of coffee's worth of uh of a break between it does you've had time parts. to grow your hair and change the colour and um, go to Barcelona. We've never so, we've never done this before, have we? Accidentally, we haven't. We haven't. No. Um, I would say, to be fair, I have a total lack of awareness, or had a total lack of awareness of the things that I may or may not be. Me airport. Me, me. Brilliant. Again, me fucking ear things come out, but at least this one won't sweat now. Because of your ears, I can still hear you. My ears sweat. Yeah. Um. I didn't know that I... So my addictions generally tend to be pharmaceutical stuff, actually. So I am almost certainly addicted to clonazepam because I've been taking it for 15 years and that shit's hard to get off. I was addicted to an opiate. And I remember when I came off that, it was when I was giving a talk at the to the British Science Festival. I can't remember, but I was shaking like a shitting dog and sweating like a 17th century witch. It was not a pleasant um, environment for me. You're warm. Um, Yes, because <laughs> witches are the mums and, and Draculas. That's why that joke. Oh, is that true? Yeah, fairly certain, Sam. Uh, de- it de- come on, Alex. It depends on which particular theory slash ideology slash truism you're wrong that you follow. Um, and I, I, so for me, if you look at the the, the behaviours, for example. I am a heavy phone user. My phone isn't heavy. I use it heavily, but I don't believe I'm addicted to it. I don't believe that I have been addicted to any of the other behaviours we talked about in part one, which was a long time ago, so I can't remember. <laughs> and, and it was um, an episode number, apparently. Yeah, it was. It was an episode in the future, which is now back in the past, which was the name, mm-hmm. Sam's name for uh, Back to the Future, wasn't it? Um, Return to the past. Return to the past. Makes more sense. It does. Yeah, if you look at the substance side of stuff, I've dabbled, you know, but um, I don't think there's been any addiction there. I know this because, um, was it Grandmaster Flash that did the song White Lines? I can never remember who it was that did that song. White you won't know, Alex, lines. because it was, yes, thank you very much. Um, my mind. As an example, oh. that yeah, type of thing, talking about? <laughs> that type of thing has sat out for more than a month and not been looked at for example and i suspect that if i was addicted to the type of things that could be described by that song that would have been plowed up my nose at some point um so so a lot of the stuff that is kind of your, your typical you think of being addicted to to heroin to crack to cocaine to alcohol etc no not me it seems i can't drink at all just remembering back yes. to 10 minutes ago with the science of addiction and the words of addiction, James, that yes. was also not 10 minutes ago. Remember, mm. of course, that that mislabeling of the word addiction can include any yeah. substance use disorder. So if you can do dry January, it doesn't mean you can't have an alcohol use disorder. I, how, no, how I, I, get, I, I get that. Um, there is no disorder in my ability to use substances. No, no, I you am... use them as, as yeah, indicated. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, and I'm very good at it. In in the same way that somebody whose relationship with alcohol is that they don't have to do it, but when they do it, they can 
consume a lot and I don't do a lot of substances now. I've stopped um yeah. partaking of the of the the, the, the wacky backy and <laughs> Amazing. I don't really I know and I don't really engage in other stuff much. I know I could. Do you mind if I ask, James, do you feel Please. that it, it, the use of substances affects or affected you negatively or those around you? No, no. So so particularly for the for my generation of kind of party goers, I didn't even know that whatever they call it, Blue Tuesday or whatever they call it, is a thing, which is you mm. go out for the weekend partying and then on Tuesday you have this crash of low mood and depression. I never had yeah. that. So I didn't know it was a thing until about two years ago when someone mentioned, oh, what are you on about? So it... it it didn't affect me. The only, the only of those substances oh, that did was... That's anhedonia. It's because it's blue every day. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. Very true. Very true. That day just happened. Um, Everyone else the only feels one that like really... I do. This is... I love Tuesdays. <laughs> the only one that really affected me is cannabis because of its effect on eating. And like I've said in the past, I used it as yeah. an excuse to remove the guilt of binge eating because I could just say, ah, some munches, I'll eat all the shit, when really I knew it. And that's why I was using it. Um, right. But the one thing at the minute, the one thing that I think I probably am addicted to is nicotine. Um, <sighs> because I've tinkered and I've tried to stop smoking and I've switched from ridiculous, mm -hmm. you know, 1920 flapper girls, cigarette holders that take tar out to vapes to rollers, back to cigarettes. I even desperately smoked Marlboro Red, which were bought me by mistake once when I got to the point of having none in the house. So I think I am probably What's addicted. What's wrong with that? Marlboro Reds. They imagine it's called the long, the long Graper. They're terrible. <laughs> right, okay. So, honestly, so knowing that... you as I do, it could be because they haven't got enough nicotine. You know? I honestly so yeah so pharmaceuticals largely for me it's 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 stuff that if you look at um you know particularly in america the opioid crisis what kills you know people more than illicit drugs is often the stuff that you get yeah. from the from the doctors and that and that's certainly stuff that i'm addicted to what about you mrs adhd uh, well I'd, see i've always said that i'm not addicted mm -hmm. to anything but and but that I think is because I grew up in an environment where there was a lot of addiction you know where you obviously it was a, a, a Stoke-on-Trent was a, a massive mining community my my granddad was a miner and and then we had the potteries industry and and that's all gone and when you've got a town that's really poor anyway and all the industry's mm -hmm. got there's there's lots of addiction so heroin and and alcohol were the main addictions when where I grew up. Monkey dust now, isn't it? Yeah, it's different now. <laughs> Monkey dust and spice. Um, but yeah, um, so and that was a real physical addiction. And I think that's what I've always compared it to because yeah. until I never knew what the term rattling meant until I saw it. And to see somebody go through that physical pain. And then go back to that drug, I could see the the pull and I'd never felt anything that strong. So I compared myself to that and didn't think mm. that I had addiction issues. And I've got lots and lots of friends and family that have had, you know, really close family that have been addicted to heroin. Weirdly, though, it's the most people that have died have died from alcohol 
abuse yeah not weirdly scientifically yeah yeah it's and it is heartbreaking to watch so compared to that i have always said that i haven't got addiction issues because i don't get physically addicted to things i am definitely addicted to spending as soon as i was able to get a store card i've just been in debt ever since and that's something that i do struggle with all the time but it's more of a mental thing that I feel shit that I've got no money, so I spend money, and then it makes me feel good for a short time, and then I feel shit that I've spent more money. So I, and it's that kind of circle of that. I've been mm. addicted to porn and risky sexual behaviour in the past. I'm definitely addicted to work or just being productive constantly. Like the minute I sit down, my brain's just thinking, "This is time that you could be getting shit done." Or, but is that an addiction or is that just ADHD seeking dopamine rather than be addi- being addicted to working? Yeah, well, that's well, the interesting that's thing. There, but that's the interesting thing is if you look at the crossover between the two, which we talked about just about ten minutes ago in part yeah, one, what what were you know the reward center and how it how it measures our interaction with external stimuli and gives us reward is involved in both. So that there's there are going to be so many things which are going to kind of have elements you know of, of both in i guess or to be dysregulated in both yeah okay. yeah so, so it's a bit of that for me but yeah what i think watching people that you love lose themselves to addiction and lose their life to addiction is is fucking heartbreaking and i don't know if that's well, no, it wouldn't, would it? Because if you're addicted to something, you're addicted. That wouldn't stop you from going down the same route. In fact, it definitely wouldn't. I've seen people go down the same route. But I think as well with the could because I don't get physically addicted to things, it's a mental addiction. I think it probably helps that I've seen other people, their lives completely destroyed by it. And it probably helps that I'm not affected by peer pressure either because yeah. I don't physically addicted to things so mentally i'm like what why no i don't i don't want to take that so i'm not going to so yeah do, do you think do, do, do we have to remind people that often people on the or who are autistic don't don't often get as affected by peer pressure social That's contracts, why, yeah. isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. It's just a, just a, <laughs> yes how about you alex because i've gone on for long enough you have, but it was all so interesting. Some of that, like the work addiction, it probably wouldn't qualify as addiction in the traditional sense. Rather, it, it's a help. It's an unhealthy choice driven by sort of ADHD subconscious. Yeah. So it's it's a whereas the, the 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 porn and the risky sexual behaviour addiction, or never as James calls it, that, that's 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 on on that borderline. It depends, but the 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 nicotine that James talks about and the heroin this is neurobiological addiction this is yeah. a, a literal neuroplasticity change to the brain compounded by psychosocial habit forming so yeah, the reason I, James I, can't I do it no no go on dead quick the reason he can't do it is because of all of the neuropsychosocial biology all coming together to give him a right fucking kick in and it's about a third of smokers are going to get neurobiologically addicted to nicotine and the rest aren't but the habit so strong see. Yeah, because I have smoked heavily for, um, for years, but the minute I didn't want to do it anymore, I just didn't do it mm, anymore. Yeah. And the same with drinking. I drank heavily every single day. But the minute I didn't need it anymore or didn't feel like I needed it anymore, I just stopped. And I wasn't physically addicted to either of those things. So it was just a mental addiction. Yeah, that's why. Sorry, James, I talked all over you then. 
No, I, I wasn't talking. It was it was your I word. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a fucking change. I, I I was addicted to alcohol, as we all know, but I just simply stopped it over twenty three years <laughs> of repeated failures and like poor choices. <laughs> I think so. I I I have an ADHD. Sorry. Yeah, an ADHD caused, I guess, alcohol use disorder. No question about it. It's uh, in the olden days, it might not have triggered what people would call alcoholic. I don't tend to use that word unless I'm trying to get a dopamine reward by shocking old people. Then I do. <laughs> but in general, I I don't. And and one of the main reasons I think the word alcoholic is so unhelpful, and the word addiction actually, is because. It's because people with ADHD then feel fraudulent to admit a problem. Yeah. Because I'm not, I'm not dying of heroin, you know. Oh, I only yeah. have three glasses of Chardonnay a day. Am I? Am I? Your little finger went up then, James. But you don't. I don't know. Does that mean you want to talk? No. What it was? No. It, it, it's something really. It, it just stirred. I was chatting to one of my clients the other day who felt fraudulent because they've never been addicted to anything. They've never gone through any of the things we've talked about. They actually felt that what we talk about about you know having addictions yeah. and engaging in different behaviors and having mental health issues they actually felt that that had made them question their adhd more and i think it's really important to say this is this isn't all of us this is just a yeah. significant proportion of us <laughs> yeah it's definitely so and it's the same with every aspect of adhd mm. isn't it with not yeah. you you can you can you can be adhd and not have any of the hyperactive symptoms you know what yeah absolutely completely different Sorry, <laughs> I sleep like a baby from ten o'clock through the night every night. The fraud Bastard. inside, I'm like, oh god, oh god, you're just a shit human. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> so, I I don't think we should ever label anybody else as an alcoholic. If you choose that label for you, knock yourself out. Of course, it's really important. And I don't like the word misuse, and I don't like the word abuse. Um, I. I wasn't misusing alcohol. I was doing it how a billion pounds worth of advertising keeps shouting at me to do it. <laughs> mm. uh, exactly as they said. Um, I would have said, James, that my mm. alcohol use affected only me negatively until I asked them once I'd got sober. Oh, my yeah. Christ. Oh, my Christ. The, the, the things they've told me about my behavior that they were too kind to tell me are... crippling if there's one mm. thing that could lead me to suicidal ideations it's dwelling too much on that rather than looking oh, towards wow. positive can future. you tell me those Sh things yeah should we talk about it more you're a monster <laughs> look at your little face look at the happy little face <laughs> look everybody can see you're a monster though sam they everyone knew it was there <laughs> no yeah yeah starting arguments i know you didn't actually want me to i'm going to um not realizing that I was not understanding their subtle nuanced points right. and their their sort of awkward faces and and God, that sounds like normally. But some, yeah, well, it is a bit, isn't it? But yeah, but but the problem is, if you, I wasn't, I wasn't cognitive to the point that, I, but I thought I was. You know, right. when you're on on weed and you have epiphanies that are bullshit. Yeah. People on alcohol yeah. don't realize they're doing that sort of thing because it's not we, but they are. They're not listening. They're not thinking correctly. They're not thinking anywhere near the way they would normally, but they think they are. And it's fucking dangerous. Um, look, at, I'm not being a smug. I think alcohol is a really <laughs> positive thing for many, many people. 
Yeah. I, it, but if it's a problem for you, then it's quite hard to spot it is, I think. Um, I also just, just want to say that the AA approach, even the secular Alcoholics Anonymous approach, because if you look at the tenets of AA, they're terrifying if you've got no level of spirituality. If you're like a cold yeah. husk inside yeah. like me, it's like, admit you are powerless for this. Admit you have no control. And I'm like, no, no, I have got control. I'm choosing to drink. <laughs> and I, I admit that that something else is bigger than you. I'm like, actually, I think we're all after the universes, but I don't <laughs> think it's conscious. And so that was a really difficult one. And then this idea of stopping every day, like every day, just just today, which can be really helpful. And and if the future without alcohol got scary, which it does, I would say, OK, OK, I can just do this. But in general, the idea that I could drink tomorrow would be a really dangerous thing for my mm. lack of awareness of risk. Right. Because I, I fucking would. It, mm. With me, I tell people I've told it pretty much from the first month or two. Oh, I will never drink again. Yeah. Oh, don't say that. <laughs> Loads of people have said it. Don't say that. And my dad, who's brilliant, now says, I was really worried when you started saying that. It's his ah, reflection. Now he realized because he, he's read and heard that that's not what you're supposed to do. Oh, uh, right. But we're not neurotypical, are we? So yeah. I don't do what you're supposed to do if that's what yeah. works for you. And I know that that works for some ADHD people as well. We're not all the same. But for me, it's a fucking rule. Mm. Oh, I just don't do that. I mean, and I mean, I won't have, I won't have uh, tiramisu. I, I mm. will not. I won't. I won't. It's disgusting. That's why. Yeah, it's, it's fucking horrible. It's lovely if you make it with none of the cake bits and just drink amaretto neat from the bottle. If you, if you if you make it with none Which of the ingredients and instead use the ingredients for a lemon cake, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> it is. Yeah, it is. So. When I made it a fact, it helped. Saying mm. it out loud, I don't drink. Oh, I don't drink. And sometimes I, I people find it really awkward. Somebody said to me once, oh, oh God, I'm really sorry that I'm having a drink. And I always say, oh, I'm mm. not allergic. You know, I think it's a really positive thing for you. And I'm, mm. I don't tend to go into pubs because it's, it's too... I, that thing that Toblerone Jack doesn't like about... So I always say... <laughs> If I spend all day in a hairdresser, sooner or later, I'm going to get a haircut. And Jack always says, I used to go to a hairdresser's and I didn't get my haircut. Yeah, I just smoked weed either. with them. But <laughs> what he's doing there, and you worked one, what he's doing there is purposefully you. making fun of my analogy. <laughs> so I, I tend, but if I'm, so in my men's uh, village ballet dance group, James, as you know, which is Jesus more interpretive dance. Everyone has a beer afterwards. And on the first day, I said to them, oh, I have an alcohol problem. I don't drink. And they're all like, oh, sorry, is that okay? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I like it. Do you, I like that you're drinking. And, and then next week, there happened to be a big crate of non-alcoholic stuff just left there. Because these big village farmer men are actually really sensitive and nice. But because I like talking about these things because I don't give a shit and I, I get reward from showing off, it's fine. I also think, and this isn't a personal reflection, I think from all a load of my clients that weed addiction for ADHD is a much bigger problem than we're all admitting. I think that marijuana can be really helpful for some people if dosed properly. And I think, but for some ADHD people, it becomes an addiction that's crippling. And we need to talk about that sometimes. James, Surely any addiction is crippling. That's, that, do you know what? That's such a great question because life's 
What's life is a disease that's ultimately fatal, right? And there's no such thing right. as healthy. There's only healthier. So if, mm. if you've got an addiction or you see yourself as an addiction, but it's the alternative is suicide, then no, it's not crippling, is it? It's helpful. And and so I think I think you have to look at what you do and what the alternative is, you know, for how you make your choices. It's a, that's a really good, a really good point. Mm. Mm, but I meant like addiction in the in the part one, which was only moments ago, when yeah. you were talking about addiction in the sense that it has a negative impact on on you and people around you. But let's but let's say you're addicted to your phone and it has a slightly negative um a slightly negative effect on your relationship, say. But the alternative is heroin, which would have much worse. Yeah. Then it yes, yeah. it's bad. It's not as bad as it could be, and that's where we really do have to be a bit sensitive to people who use whatever they use to get through the day. And that's yeah. and, and that's something we should definitely be aware of as well. And your honour, that, and this that's is... why I was caught in Victoria wines drinking from the. 100% vodka. You are. This is the uh, the longest part two of any episode ever. Mm. <laughs> so we'll try and bring it to a close with a game. But just really oh, quickly, I think it's, in, it's interesting that the guy that set up AA cured his alcoholism with guided LSD therapy, not a 12-step program, which I think is a fascinating, a fascinating yeah. story. So, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. Wow. It's loads of loads of papers showing LSD can can cure alcoholism if used in a in a guided. Yeah, how many times have we asked for more research on this, James? It's so frustrating, isn't it? Yeah, um, I look back and it's actually three one, not four one. I think I gave you an extra score because this is like the, the fifth episode. So, it, but you I'm know sure, why? Right? To... It's because you fucked up the working one that we're not allowed to air. Yes. Oh, yeah, of course. Um, <laughs> I've tried to make this more difficult because I don't like your winning. So this week we went down to Cardiff to do a talk and we um, we had a hotel for one night and I didn't pack very well. So did I, A, pack no pants? This is for one night, no pants, three T-shirts and two extra pair of shoe pairs of shoes. No pants, three T-shirts, two extra pair of shoes. Did I pack three pairs of pants, no T-shirts, and no shoes? These are all so plausible. Yep. <laughs> Deliberately so. Or did I pack four pairs of pants, three T-shirts, and two pairs of extra shoes? Oh, that's so good. I think... I... I mean, you famously need lots of working underpants. Don't tend to forget them. So I think you packed three pants, no shirts. I think you thought that pants were shirts and you hadn't put them in. That's why. The fuck have you got that? How the fuck? <laughs> have you got that? <laughs> because I did oh the exact God. same thing for my dad's funeral. And when I put my suit on, I hadn't got a shirt to wear. With. I, I had to go out walking around Cardiff wearing the fucking black winkle pickers with a zip down the side that I'd worn because they're the only shoes I've got for the talk that I'd given. It and was no ridiculous. Coat. And no coat. I didn't take a coat either and just a jumper. Neither of us took a coat, actually. Did no, you have your normal hooded it, cloak? I, <laughs> I didn't take it with me. Anyway, on that note, because this has now gone on for four days, we'll take a break and be back in part three for just the tip. See you in a bit. Bye. No. Welcome back to episode 144 
or five, but four, it is four, of the ADHD adults, part three of our episode on ADHD and addiction or use disorder, my preferred term. Right then, as always, we're spunk trumpeting, it's just the tip. Let's start with uh, addiction advice from Dr. Sam. Mrs. ADHD, thoughts? Oh, oh. Um, well, I haven't got a lot of advice for this because I don't think, well, yeah, I guess I've been a dick. The only thing that seems to work for me, and I don't think this is healthy, but I don't know, probably not, definitely not, is to swap one addiction for another. That's the only thing that I can do. But also another thing that really helps me is telling people about it because hiding yes. all that shit and the shame and the guilt is really fucking crippling and it's really fucking hard ding telling people about it but once it's out ding again and <laughs> and then other people hold you accountable and that <laughs> comes with finding a new and healthier addiction are what works for me so tell everybody about all my painful stuff and then find a new addiction they're the only things that work for me mm-hmm. but if you have an actual like physical or mental addiction or whatever just get help tell people and get help what, what what do you think? Do you try and like? I, I know you're going to say no. I don't even know anything about myself. Do you try and swap a healthier addiction for the bad one, or do you, are you just like cycling on a load of bad shit? Um, I try and swap a. I don't know if I'm actually that thinking about it that much. To be honest, I think my brain <laughs> just searches for something else and finds it. And if it's healthier, then that's great. And if it's not, yeah. then shit. I'm in the same place again. I don't think it's. I don't think I'm as clever as that. Again, again, James, with blind luck, she's hit on this idea perfectly of what a psychologist would say is that don't look for perfection, right? Look for healthier. Mm. Uh, unbelievable. Fuck, I could never find it. <laughs> yeah, true. <laughs> what about you, James? What are your spunk trumpets? Um, uh, Mrs. ADHD scalped me there by saying help, <laughs> but it's the yeah. obvious piece of advice yeah. because there is help there there are lots of charities for the various different addictions or or misuse or use disorders which are out mm. there but i think as we've said the the biggest barrier probably is admitting it's an issue sam and i know a couple of people who um have that relationship with alcohol which i now don't know what to call because of what you said alex they would have been called alcoholics in the past and it was very interesting watching that journey of that word just was not said for a long time. It wasn't said any other way to describe it was said. And it was only when that word was said, because back then that's what well, people called it. Well, I think I it. said it a lot. But was yeah, well, no, but yeah, because of course, fact. But the, the people that were going through the experience just wouldn't, no, 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 I just this, or no, no, that, no, it's that. Yeah. But it, when that word was said, when that acceptance of I am or I have this problem, that was the biggest barrier but once that that barrier was overcome things got easier in terms of accepting the help because these are people that had gone through the process of trying to get help but if you don't really accept that it's a problem and you yeah. go through a rehab or some kind of treatment you, you're probably going to relapse because you haven't actually accepted that this is you know yeah. fundamentally something that needs to change that's, that's so true I've and got. the people have lost haven't haven't ever yeah. accepted that it was a a problem and you can't help you can't that's the most heartbreaking thing you cannot help anybody that is in the grip of addiction you, you can't because they've got no, to want it themselves you can't and it's heartbreaking yeah alex um 
you when they're trying when they're trying to get clean you can so people That's not, only if they admit it yeah it's, it's, it's people trying to get clean you can help but no you're absolutely 100 percent right oh sorry sorry sam in my head i'd already said absolutely right and, and to add to that the uh -huh. only yeah, yeah, I didn't say that bit for some yeah. reason. Yeah, once it's out in the open, everyone can gather together and you can all tackle it together. But until it's admitted, Ew. you can't push anybody. You can't, and you can't tell somebody you're addicted, even though I did. You know, you can't. It doesn't <laughs> it's work. Really, I've tried it. It's really difficult. And I still haven't told plenty of people in my life, ironically, because I've told millions of people out in the in mm. the lovely ADHD world. But it's a safer space for me, this, the, than it is. Like, I, I, I haven't even told my parents-in-law that I don't drink at all, even socially. They keep giving wow. me alcohol as presents because I'm just not ready to do that. And it's my fucking yeah. choice. And I will when yeah, I'm ready. But it's, it's, their culture is one of alcohol in it, so it isn't yeah. appropriate. Yeah, no, well, I, I think that. tips... Sorry, I know I'm not, I'm not supposed to be doing personal reflections, but tips really are, are is, this is a tip that works for me, is, is when you are ready to admit it's a problem, and that's hard because I wanted to drink. I didn't want people to stop me drinking for ages. Even though I hated it, I didn't want to drink at the same time I wanted to. And when, when you're ready to tip over into that, okay, I'm ready to stop now, it feels like someone's ripping your soul out like an exorcism. I promise that pain goes away. I promise it does because I don't have that feeling anymore. I'm glad I will never drink again. But that the idea that I can say that out loud feels mad from how I used to think, but it, it's okay. And, and the other side of the coin, I didn't want to admit I had a drink problem because other people had it worse. Or because I thought once I've said it, I can't take it back if I change my mind, you can. Mm. And it, 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 if, if someone else is happier than you, you're still allowed to be happy, right? So if someone else is a worse alcohol user than you, then you're still allowed to say I have a problem. I think when the point comes where you decide I want to stop drinking, um, and I, it'll always, you'll always be conflicted if you do, because it's because it's nice and there's good bits about it and it's fun and oh, but remember your family won't tell you, so you have to go and ask them. A, a really good addiction specialist often get your partner or or families to write you a letter that your psychologist will read out to you, and that is not something. Oh, they tell you afterwards, though, what it was like. And that's really <laughs> fucking painful to hear. I think if, we all know that why we drink, though, or why we use. And I think what I what nobody would ever asked me is this. What is an evening like? A normal evening, not a party one. Mm -hmm. Normal evening like, evening like, if, if you didn't or choose not to. And nobody would ask me. I'm like, what do you mean fucking awful? Yeah, and fucking what, boring. What, boring what why no one had asked me why what could start to get in there remember nothing will still work forever unlike alcohol which did yeah. nothing will keep working so what could you have what could you do what, what could you do self-care over don't ask for yourself ask for your family looking after yourself is looking after your family blah 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 yeah um, but th these things i'd never really considered till i got sober and sort of tried to and i realized that i can't I can't watch fucking Bluey with the kids at six o'clock when I would normally drink. The difference is too stark. I yeah. need to watch reruns of The Office or something to give me dopamine. <laughs> I just, I just can't. I want to. I'd be a better dad if I could. Blah blah blah. But I'm, I can't. So I'd rather be a sober dad than a perfect sitcom one. Sorry, I know I've banged on a lot about these, but it, it, I wish somebody had asked me that. I really, really do. Am I? Am I in this episode? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> well, your, your hair certainly is. Looks like uh... I just for a second I just had an out of body experience. I thought, am I just watching YouTube recording episode? He's a real um, wild one, wild one, wild one. Shut up. Anyway, song. let's bring it to a let's bring it to a close because it's taken us over a week to record this episode. <laughs> yeah, literally. That was that was episode apparently 144-ish of the awesome. ADHD Adults podcast, where we talked about ADHD and addiction slash use disorders slash stuff that we have inappropriate relationships with, whether they be behaviors or chemicals. If by a miracle you enjoyed this 15-hour-long episode, you can find out more. Um, no, you can't. You can find more content by subscribing <laughs> on Patreon. Um, visit the, the website www.adhadults.uk uh, uh, to find out more. That's not the web address, it's theadhadults.uk. I've got all this wrong, it doesn't really matter. I've got ADHD. Get in touch if you want, or don't. Or, I mean, or do you know, or, like or that, don't. Though. It's up to you, really. Um, <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye, all. Trigger warning plaques on, plaques on, big plaques on, trigger warning plaques on, plaques on, plaques on.